thank you. <laughs> yeah. Who wore it better? Don't answer. It's fine. It's fine. Good morning. I'm back. <laughs> it's great to see you all this morning. I'm not going to take up a crazy amount of time. Um, but I am so excited to be speaking with you. He did introduce me. My name is Mara, for anyone who doesn't know me. I am his PA and also miscellaneous, if that makes any sense. <laughs> I'm somewhere. Um, but anyway, it's great to see you all this morning. Um, let's just pray really quick, if that's okay. Jesus, thank you for your love for us, God. God, thank you for your love for us, Lord. Thank you for your intention over us, Jesus. And God, I just ask you to cover our hearts this morning and um, just speak to us, Jesus. Speak to us and may your presence move. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, our series lately is called Beloved. I don't know if you say beloved here, but I say beloved. Um, but I'm really excited about this because how many of you know we are the Lord's beloved? He went to the very end um, to the point of giving his life so that we could be in communion with him. And that's a really powerful concept. Um, but today I am going to be talking about, I really don't know how to say this word, but it's called the cave of Angelim, Angelim, something like that. Anyway, it has to do with David. And I just wanna talk about this moment um, today and really what the point of all of this and what we're going after today is surrender and why it's important. And I'm pulling from this story today just to kind of show this example of why it's important and what, um, what it can do in our lives, really. Um, so I'm going to start. It's in 1 Samuel. Um, if you want to go back and read this, it's really good. Um, but really the whole story, the whole drama starts in 1 Samuel 21 um, and goes on to go through um, 1 Samuel 24. But I'm just going to sum it up a little bit because it's a lot of reading. So I'm not going to put you through four chapters of, <laughs> of reading. Um, but ultimately, amen, yeah. I will put you through a little bit later, but not the full four. Um, anyway, so what's happening right now is if you have read the story and if you know about David's life, David was called and anointed to be king at a very young age. At the time that he was selected to be the next king, a man named Saul was on the throne currently. And Saul is crazy. He's crazy. He is so back and forth, lots of highs, lots of lows, to the point that there are certain times where I'm like, he maybe could have been bipolar just because of how intense that this was. So one hand, loved David like a son, would do anything for him. The next day, he's sending his army to go kill David and on and on and on. So in this moment, this has happened a bit and Jonathan, who is Saul's son, is one of David's best friends. So Jonathan finds out, well, he has every intention to kill you and you have to leave now. You need to leave now. So we find David on the run and it gets quite intense here because not only is David being chased and you know is running for his life essentially, but also the places that he stopped, he stopped and saw some priests and looked for refuge. He stopped in a town and looked for refuge. Saul utilized his entire army and not only sent the whole army after David, but also killed priests and town people who had interacted with him. So this is a very violent and intense and quite scary chase that's happening here. So it gets to the point where Israel ends up being attacked. So Saul is like, oh gosh, okay. 
well, I have my entire army here to chase after David. We're going to have to go back because our actual country is being invaded. So they go back, but then Saul chooses 3,000 of his most elite soldiers and sends them back to get him. So we get to this point where they have chased David across the land. There's a mountain, the army's on this side, and David's on this side, and his men, and that's all that separates them. So you can imagine the anxiety, you can imagine the tension of this in crazy chase, this ridiculous exhaustion of resources to kill this person is crazy. And so I'm going to start in 1 Samuel 24. This is verse 3, and we're going to read for a minute. So story time, people, get ready for it. So this says, At the place where the road passes, some sheepfolds, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding farther back in that very cave. This just always sounded so awkward to me. I'm like, they're just in the back, like, listening to him pee. It's weird. Anyway, they just find that funny. So they're all, they're in the same cave hiding. Now's your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. He did not cut him. He cut off a piece of his robe. Very interesting. David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord the king. I should not attack the Lord's anointed one. For the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. After Saul left the cave and gone his way, David came out and shouted after him, My Lord King. Saul looked around and David bowed low before him. What? Then he shouted to Saul, Why do you listen to these people who say I'm trying to harm you? This very day you can see with your own eyes that it isn't true. For the Lord placed you at the mercy Back there in the cave, some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you. For I said, I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed one. I'm going to skip down to verse 16. It says, when David finished speaking, Saul called back, is it really you, my son David? And it's at this point where I'm like, sir, could you please make up your mind? Like, could you make up your mind? Um, He says, you are a better man than I am, for you have repaid me good for evil. Yes, you have been amazingly kind to me today, for when the Lord put me in a place where you could have killed me, you didn't do it. Verse 22, so David promised this to Saul with an oath when Saul went home, but David and his men went back to their stronghold. I just find this fascinating because it could have all been over in a moment. This back and forth, this mad chase, this all could have been <laughs> this all could have been avoided if David just, just chopped him. But he didn't. And why? He said, No, I can't do that because he's God's anointed. And sometimes it really doesn't make sense the people that God anoints. Like I've known some people who are anointed by God who are extremely annoying. It, it happens. Um, it's just 
sometimes the Lord does things and it doesn't make sense. But for some reason, the Lord had anointed Saul and he's insane. But David was not willing to compromise that because the Lord had put his anointing on Saul and he was like, no, because if I compromise Saul, I compromise the Lord, so no. And I find this so interesting because in the moment where David is sneaking up after his, you know, his people are like, this God is telling you, it's time to kill this guy. God is telling you. And David's like, no, I really don't think he is. I'm not willing to compromise what the Lord has set in place here. Regardless of how intense David's circumstances were, he was not willing to cross that line. So in this moment, and it barely covers it, it just says he sneaks over, essentially. But in this moment, can you imagine what David is feeling? The intensity and the stress of this, as well as coming to a place where he's like, Lord, I'm, I'm just not going to do this. I'm going to get like pause this as he's going through surrender these emotions to the lord and see what god's actually saying which brings me to my first point <laughs> quit <laughs> and let god take over just stop sometimes we really just need to stop you know um now do not be fooled if you think surrender is a weakness you are incorrect <laughs> because surrender is really difficult Surrender is really difficult. Surrender is putting yourself at the feet of Jesus and saying, I trust you despite how I feel. I trust you despite how my circumstances look. And this is so intense. This man is out to murder David and he's standing here being like, wait, no, I'm gonna surrender this because the Lord is here. He's in a weird place on a weird person, but the Lord is in this and I'm not compromising that. So sometimes we just need to quit and see what is happening. And what's interesting is that this is, can be pretty difficult, but this is actually what the Lord has asked us to do. This is what the Lord has asked us to do because there is more for us. And the more we lay ourselves down and our issues down and our things down, and clearly see the direction of the Lord, the more that we get into, you know, his power and what he has for us and all of these things. All right, point two. Let your life be God's responsibility and not just your own responsibility. I'm not saying <laughs> to just do whatever you want and be like, sorry, my life is God's responsibility. He must be doing this. It's not what I'm saying at all. But how many of you have been in a position where, and maybe it's just me, so that's fine if it is, but have you ever been in a position where you're so wound up about knowing what the will of the Lord is or what the Lord's doing next that you're so stressed out, he could have like audibly talked to you and you would have had no idea that it happened. There is that element where we're not, you know, just doing whatever we want and saying the Lord's responsible for our lives because at the end of the day, there are consequences for the actions that we take. That's just life. And those consequences can be good or they can be bad. But don't be so wound up about having responsibility of your life and doing the right thing, whether it's what God wants of you or what he thinks he would want, like, you know, all the things, what you think God's want, what God wants, all the madness, trying to figure it out. Sometimes we just need to stop. 
and just trust the Lord that he has got our lives in his hand. That it's not entirely just up to us. And if the Lord has a will for your life, and trust me, whether you like it or not, what he wants to come to pass in your life is going to come to pass in your life whether you're stressed out about it or you're not. So how much more can we partner with the Lord? How much more can we see his face and have clear direction if we just shush and, and not just take on the sole responsibility for our lives because we're not solely responsible. We have a God that wrote our lives and orchestrated our lives before the earth was created. And it becomes a lot more difficult to live life when you take everything into your own hands because it's not meant to be that way. So let the Lord also, <laughs> let the Lord also have control of your life. We, yeah, I know like, personally I've come from that position where I think I would have been so caught up in what my behavior looks like. It's like, is my behavior, what I'm doing, is it biblical? Is what I'm doing appropriate? Is what I'm doing, you know, what the Lord wants of me? On and on and on. It's very exhausting. And you just don't get it right because you can't keep everything straight because you're so stressed about everything. But the Lord cares more about your behavior he cares about your heart, and that's where true transformation happens. It's not in a, addressing your behavior. It's addressing your heart. It's addressing your mind. That's where the renewal happens, the renewal of the mind. That's biblical. That's what the Lord says. It's not the renewal of your behavior. It's the renewal of your mind. And we can only renew our minds if we are willing to surrender, to give up what we want, what we're stressed about. It is only possible for God to move in our lives the way he wants to and the way he can if we are willing to let our own will and let our own emotions and let our own struggles just stop at the feet of the cross. Hannah Whittall Smith, who is an American evangelist, in the 1900s said, it is amazing what miracles God works in wills that are truly and utterly surrendered to him. It's incredible. And many of you know this, but my life is a testament to this. I was gonna be a nurse and I'm a missionary here. <laughs> Took a curveball. And it was insane because I never, I always thought that I would travel, that I knew that, but I never imagined that the Lord would take me from a, you know, 19-year-old girl who dreams about being a traveling nurse and seeing the States and be like, nope, you're going to be a missionary in Northern Ireland. <laughs> and the path to get those things was extremely painful because I had to let go. And I even went into nursing school. I was going after it. And it fell to pieces. <laughs> and I was devastated. Because this was everything. This was it. This is, this is my passion. This is what I'm doing. This is it. And it was just in a day gone. And I was 
I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, I failed. I'm outside of the will of God because this was the will of God. I know it was the will of the Lord. I've screwed up everything. And the Lord's like, it was me. You're going to Northern Ireland. There's more. There's more. And the truth is, is I didn't know that there was more. But as soon as I started the process of surrendering, more came. And that's the tricky part about this. The Lord's not going to tell you, if you surrender, you'll get something more fun and better and you'll grow more. He's not telling you what's on the other side of your surrender. He's asking you to do it despite everything. So it's not always easy, but it is very necessary. Number three is <laughs> quit trying to make God's promises come to pass and surrender to his timing. We have seen some incredibly dramatic examples of this in, in the Bible. So for example, when Abraham and Sarah wanted a child and it didn't happen, she was like, here's my handmaid, child. That's really dramatic. And I don't know that, hopefully no one in this room would go that far to make a promise come true of the Lord. But we see really dramatic examples of that and it's easy to just be like, oh yeah, I'd never do that. I don't even have a handmaid, you know. I would never do that. I'd never go that far. But that kind of stuff is incredibly subtle. And if we go back into this, where David said this, he was not going to touch God's anointed one who was the king. David was anointed to be the king after Saul. The whole conflict was Saul going in and out and in and out because David was next in line for the throne and it drove Saul crazy. So if you think about this, the truth is, is that if David had chopped him in the cave, he would have become the next king and that was a fulfillment of a promise of God. David was gonna be king next anyway, but he didn't, why? Because he was not about to take the promises of God in his own hands and make it happen before it was time. And I find that so incredible. What self-control and what sacrifice to know <laughs> I'm gonna be king, I'll be a better king. I was anointed years ago, I'm serving the king, I'm fighting battles for him, I'm doing all of this. He wants to kill me, he doesn't. He wants to kill me, he doesn't. It would just be so much easier and now he's king, and it's all better. But he didn't. And I think that's so incredible and such an example because David knew that the anointing had not left Saul, and he did not want to compromise that. That's incredible surrender. That is incredibly costly. Because if someone went back and forth about killing me like across the country, I would get really sick and tired of it. Anyone would. You wouldn't be able to settle. I'm sure he was anxious, just all over the place, all the time, on a whim. But he didn't. He was chosen by God to be king, but he wasn't willing to kill the king <laughs> that was previously anointed. In fact, Saul ends up dying and then David becomes king. So David does become king. He was anointed for that. 
but he didn't take things into his own hands. I'm not very good at that. I'm not very good at that. Because it would be so much easier if I did it. I think that a lot. That's really bad. Like it would be so, I could be much more efficient if this, this, and this. I could get this done better because this, this, and this. But are you willing to sacrifice that control to see what the Lord's doing? And that's really what it comes down to. Because again, the Lord's going to have, you know, the Lord's going to do what he wants to do regardless of how you feel about it. That's just what he does. And it's not always upsetting. I mean, I'm sure David quite enjoyed becoming king after all of this drama. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that it's not our responsibility to make things happen, even if it is a promise of the Lord. Just quit. Just quit. See what he's doing. Surrender. Surrender. Psalm 37, 7 through 17. This ends up being a psalm that David writes. He says, Surrender yourself to the Lord and wait patiently for him. God really makes you be patient sometimes. Just a hint. He really makes you be patient sometimes. Do not be preoccupied with an evildoer who succeeds in his way when he carries out his schemes. Let go of anger. Leave rage behind. Do not be preoccupied. It only leads to evil. Evildoers will be cut off from their inheritance, but those who wait with hope for the Lord will inherit the land. What a psalm. And it's always incredible to see that not like that's very pleasant and sounds so lovely, but David lived that. David lived that, and we're called to live that. And what's the point of all of this? What's the point of all of this? Because there's more. There's more for us. Why is surrendering so important? Why is laying ourselves down again and again so important? Because the Lord has more for us, and he loves us. There's deeper depths of his love. There's more favor, there's more this, there's more to learn. There's more character to be built. It's really at the end of the day all about surrendering to the Lord. There's, it is the way to growth. It is the way to more. Because it is just... Again, laying ourselves down so that he can move. And I mean, goodness, there were, after, like with my situation with nursing, when all of that went down, I tried a few things and just decided I just didn't even care about anything anymore. Didn't care. I ended up, <laughs> I ended up working with my dad for a year in a welding shop. I learned how to weld <laughs> for a year. I was the only girl in the entire place for a year. And it was a point where I just reached the end of myself. I was like, Lord, I wanted to be a nurse. I wanted to 
serve people. I wanted to be able to travel and meet different people in different places and just experience this and broaden my horizons. But if you want me to work in a welding shop for the rest of my life, I'll do it. Because if you're here, that's my priority. And then he brought me here. <laughs> I didn't stay in welding, thank God. But there is more. He didn't tell me what was gonna happen. I had no notion. I never would have guessed in a million years that this would happen, but it did. And it started with surrender. There's more for us. My deepest desire for myself, but also for all of you, is that people would look back on your life and be able to say, wow, they lived a life of surrender. Wow, they lived a life of really understanding and delving into the promises of God. Wow, they reached depths that we didn't even know were possible because they were willing to pay the costs to be close to the Lord and to see what he has for us. So I'm just gonna invite the band back up, but I just wanna take a second here this morning because obviously this can be a bit of a, it could be a very tough thing to hear because this kind of topic typically comes with a lot of conviction. <laughs> I'm saying that for myself because me and the Lord had a few talks while I was preparing this. But there does come, you know, focusing in on this and letting the Lord speak to us ends up, you know, costing us. But at the end of the day, the whole point of this preach, the whole point of surrender, the whole point of it is that he loves us. And he made a way for us to be in his presence and to commune with him and to walk in his ways and to be in his will. And you cannot leave that. No matter what you do, you cannot leave his will and his goodness because he loves you. Because he loves you, because he loves you. This morning, how he loves us. How he loves us. And the longer I live, the more I understand that to be true. So I just wanna pray over this, this morning and it, I, I just, yeah. Jesus, please show us God. Show us areas of our lives, Jesus where you want to expand them and do more and bring your blessing and bring your goodness. And Lord, I ask you that you would be the strength and you would be the pathway that leads us into surrender, God. That we wouldn't just attempt to surrender of our own wills, Jesus, and of our own strength, God, that we would understand, Lord, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And that you haven't just asked us to surrender and that's it, but that you've also made a way for us and that you are in the process. And just because we have things to surrender doesn't mean that you're not there. Thank you, God, that you're not afraid of our mess. That you don't withhold your presence until we figure something out, God, but that your presence is there the whole time. So I thank you, Jesus, for speaking this morning, God, I ask that you would start to bring things out, uproot things. God, disturb us. It's a terrible prayer, I know. 
But God, disturb us, like show us areas that we need to deal with, God, because you are on the other side. More of you is on the other side. So I just thank you, Lord, for that. And I thank you, God, that you're, you're sufficient for all of this. So if you all wanna stand up with me for a second, take this time just to press into the presence of the Lord and to understand that He loves you. That's the whole point of this.